Whether disasters are happening on a global scale or in your personal sphere, these are difficult times that require prophetic insight from God in order to be at rest. This is Sam Solon inviting you to the continuing study of the book of Revelation. In continuing our discussion of Revelation 13, we've seen how once the saints have been, in a sense, neutralized, the rest of the story is that the beast continues his rampage in devouring the whole earth, trampling it down according to Daniel 7 and crushing it. Well, in what manner does that occur? Well, all of that indicates a certain hegemony, uh, a domination of ideas, a domination of thought, particularly as the opposition has been uh, neutralized. So there will be a hardening of anti-God, anti-Christ sentiments uh, in the earth. And I use especially the latter term, anti-Christ, intentionally because for those who are wondering what is the role of the Antichrist? The answer is he is against Christ. He opposes Christ. But you have to be careful how you oppose Christ because at any moment he may crush the head of the serpent. He has the power to do so. You must oppose him the way you always have, by deception, by lies, by half-truths, by misstatements, by fraud, intentional false statements intending to deceive. Is it surprising to us that we've now come to what is described as the post-truth era? Where, and you know, these things aren't just because America has embraced these things, these things are true throughout the world. Even on the little island of St. Vincent from where where I was born and from which I came, I was observing the Prime Minister of the island talking about evacuation of people from from villages at the foot of a volcano called La Soufrère, which some of you may know has been erupting. And um, for those of you who want to know, all of my relatives on the island are safe. I have been in fairly constant communication with them. But the Prime Minister of the island was interviewed on CNN or the, the, the local or the regional CNN carried a piece 
in which he was saying that cruise ships had been sent to evacuate uh, refugees from that part of the island because what was happening is there were so many people to be evacuated, some 20,000 people were evacuated, not all of them um, needing to be evacuated by government uh, transport. But anyway, enough of them, the roads were clogged, my brother said, and uh, dust was, uh, volcanic ash was thick in the air while they were trying to evacuate people. So uh, cruise ships from Carnival Cruise Line and some, I think Royal Caribbean, um, had sent cruise ships to evacuate the people. Well, the Prime Minister was quoted as saying that the evacuees could not board the cruise ships unless they had been vaccinated because the people are resisting vaccination and the Prime Minister understands that this was an opportunity to get uh, more people vaccinated. So he, on camera, read the script that said, and in fact I have the footage uh, it was sent to me, in which he said that the cruise ship companies, the cruise line companies, would not allow people to board the ships if the people had not been uh, vaccinated. CNN that was carrying, the local CNN for the region, that was carrying this broadcast, the reporters said, we have contacted uh, Royal Caribbean and I think the other one was uh, Carnival Cruises, we've contacted them and they have unequivocally said they have no such requirement. Now, what's this about? Plainly, it's about deception. The Prime Minister saw the opportunity to up the numbers of people being vaccinated uh, under duress and utilized it, utilized the moment to get that, to get more people vaccinated. Now, he could have just come out and say, this is what I'm doing. He could have been honest about it and direct about it. Instead, he used a subterfuge. My point is, it doesn't matter if it's Russia or China or the United States, or politicians in Europe, or an out-of-the-way little island. Rulers, authorities are using the moment to pass their agendas. Again, I'm, this is not a comment on whether people should be vaccinated or not. Okay? Uh, I'm not talking about the subject matter, I'm talking about what it relates to and how deception has become the order of the day. So while people are, while the prophets are telling people that this is going, prepare for war and prepare to give your life for the truth uh, and imagining a shooting war, the war is fully here and a church that is deaf and blind 
is simply not even seeing it. Let's go on with the reading. It says, it was granted to make war against the saints and he overcame them. Now, authority was given to him, given to the beast, over every tribe, tongue and nation. Now we know, we know that Satan gave his power, his throne and great authority to the beast. But that's, has to be, that has to be understood in the context of Jesus saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Even if Satan gave his power, his throne and what authority he has to the beast, Satan himself and therefore the beast by extension always has to have permission from the one whose authority is plenary, has to have God's permission. So when it says here, and authority was given to the beast over every tribe, tongue and nation, if God has already given every tribe, tongue and nation to Christ so that He may select a people out from amongst them, for his own possession, he has to consent and it's therefore him giving authority to this beast over every tribe, tongue and nation. Now Satan could give authority to the beast over the systems he created because they're his to give, that's what he told Jesus. But since God has already given Jesus authority over all the tribes, tongues, language and nations of people, it's God who retains the right and Satan must ask for permission and for him to have any authority, God has to give it. What is my point? Why is this important? It's important because God is in control and this is a time ordained by God. This is a time ordained by God. You see, we don't put the scriptures together. We read a scripture over here and we read a scripture over here and this one is separate from that one. And never the two shall meet, there is no sense of the overarch. The scriptures say, that every, God will shake everything that can be shaken. Say, he said, once more I'll shake not only the earth but also the heavens, so everything that can be shaken will be shaken. By granting power to the beast over every tribe, tongue, language and nation, God is shaking the nations who are caught in unbelief. The enemy doesn't have power to shake the body of Christ. In fact, we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken and we serve God increasingly with reverence and awe, understanding how thorough and complete His sovereignty is. But one of the instruments of shaking that God uses 
is the enemy. Even the enemy is subject to prophetic scripture and to being useful to God. So when God takes His hands off, when the restrainer is lifted, then the enemy comes in and terrorizes mankind as the scriptures have already indicated. In the book of Daniel, it says, this great beast crushes and devours the whole earth and tramples down what is left. Nobody stands in his way. So the combination then, this is what you have to understand in order to be prepared to see and see, to hear and hear. This is what you're going to be seeing, this is what you're going to be hearing. You're going to see the noose, as it were, tighten, that the socio-economic condition of the whole earth tightening even as disasters continue one upon another, upon another, upon another. I was talking to my brother on the island of St. Vincent, this small microcosm of humanity. They're fighting the pandemic and not, not gaining ground against it, on top of which uh, on the earth below, and those of you who understand the scriptures will understand what I'm referring to, there, uh, there is on the earth below, there are signs, blood and fire and billows of smoke, as Jesus said in Matthew 25, while the pandemic is going on. And then he told me, he said, uh, ash, uh, four to six inches thick, had collected on the roof of his house, volcanic ash. When mixed with water, it becomes solid and weighty as concrete and hard to remove, crushing roofs and destroying buildings. And he said, and it's only two months away from the hurricane season, and although he was evacuated from the area, he was concerned that he needed to get the ash off the roofs of his buildings before the hurricane season came. So pandemic, uh, volcanic eruption on top of pandemic, hurricane season upon volcanic eruption upon pandemic, birth pangs on a pregnant woman. These systems will take full advantage of human distress because it's opportunity and leaders are opportunistic. They will get what they want, they will install their programs and plans in the heart of environments in which human suffering is at an all-time high and increasing. So on one level, they're going to invade uh, human systems, co-opting human systems of economics, of finance, of trade, of education, of governance, of healthcare, 
and the rest of it. These seven systems will creep through, pervade and, uh, and co-opt all other systems that exist, whether on national levels or international levels. And to back it all up, there will be an unrelenting propaganda war, where, which is a mixture of great things and blasphemies. It's aimed at the body of Christ and it will not, over, it will not redefine the body of Christ to the body of Christ, but it will redefine what the body of Christ is to the world. And if you are caught in the middle of this war of words, this polemics, you're going to have to decide what is true. There is no neutral ground on which to stand. This war of propaganda will consume everything in its path and it will redefine everything in its own image. And the only ones who will escape this grueling reset, this form of invading the mind and controlling your economics. I'll say it again. What the beast is doing with this war is it's invading the mindset of unbelievers and it is, it is invading their economies and supplanting national economies with inter, by international pressure into a new global order. Now what have I just described? I've described what is meant by a mark upon your forehead and your right hand. In the same way that traditional evangelical interpretation of the book of Revelation has had us looking out for armies of uh, soldiers in black with no insignias. You've heard all of that nonsense. It's nonsense. It's not what's true. But if you want to believe it, knock yourself out. In the old black, black helicopters and black ops and that stuff that's been around now for decades, that takes on new life every so often, if that's your idea of how this global kingdom is going to invade and make war against the saints, if your idea that they're deep state operatives who are part of this evil cabal, if that's your idea, believe it if you want to. And you will not know until, like the flood, it comes and takes us, takes everyone away. 
because what you're not looking for is actually what's true and what's going to happen. And while you're looking for armies with uniforms that are black and um, without insignias and as I said, black helicopters and all this rubbish that's been floating around for so long. While you're looking for that, while you're looking for that, the war will have already come to you in two forms. A redefining of what is true, polemics, propaganda, a war, a quarrel, and the pushing of an economy in which you cannot buy or sell, in which you cannot participate except if you buy the ideology and know it's not going to be tattoos or any kind of implant on either your forehead or your right hand. These are symbolic references. It symbolizes in your forehead it symbolizes what's going on behind your mind or behind your, your skull. In the old days, slaves, slaves would be tattooed or branded actually before they understood inking. Uh, you'd be branded either in your forehead or on your right hand or both. It was an indication of being owned and not being free. He's referring to mindsets that also control economies. You notice not a brand on your left hand, but on your right hand. What difference does it make? which hand they implant the chip in, if, that, if that's what it actually is. No, that's domestic, um, popular, sentimental scare tactics. And while you're waiting for them to insert uh, in your right hand, you know, when I went to get the vaccine, you heard me right, I went and I got the vaccine, when I went to get the vaccine, you know what they asked me? What shoulder did you want it in? They didn't give it to me on my right hand or on my forehead. They gave it to me in my shoulder. And just so that you know, I haven't received the mark of the beast. I got it in my left shoulder. <laughs> you have to laugh at this nonsense. This domesticated understanding of scripture is pathetic, it's childish, it's dreadfully in need of update. And to think that preachers get up and rant and foam at the mouth while they, they, they spout out these pathetic understandings of scripture, the real war has already come. It's a war for your slavery. Who owns you? Who owns what goes on in your mind? Who programs you, your mind? 
this mouth that is speaking blasphemous things, that's the war. That's designed to reprogram your thinking. That's designed to supplant the truth. And this capture of your economy, your ability to function, that's why it's referenced as a brand upon your right hand. Now let me ask you this. When the enemy came into the garden and Adam and Eve agreed with him, did he brand them in their foreheads? You say, that's kind of a silly question. No, it's not. What did he do? He opened the eyes of their souls. The mind, the soul has a mind, like the spirit has a mind. The mind of the soul is called carnal. To be carnally minded is opposed to God and cannot be reconciled to God. To be carnally minded is death. Why does the enemy need to be able to read you with a scanner from a chip in your forehead if your mind has already been compromised solidly against God? and totally predisposed to the deceptions of the enemy. Don't you see how foolish this domesticated understanding is? And while people are obsessed about it, the enemy has already largely controlled the thinking of the earth's populations. Again, plainly and simply, if To be carnally minded is enmity against God, right? If to be carnally minded is death, if the carnal mind cannot be reconciled to God because it's opposed to it, and if the soul has a mind that can be corrupted like Adam's was, when the eyes, the way he saw things changed, He became blind because from now on he could only see that which related to his provision and his protection. If co-opting the mind is what happened with the first Adam, if what co-opting the mind was what the enemy tried to do with the last Adam, what need does he have to brand you in the forehead? And here in the book of Revelation, what we're reading, it says that he engaged in war, polemics, information, redefining culture, redefining understandings, away from the eternal truths of God and to the urgency of provision and protection. When he accomplishes that, you're branded in the forehead. You're his slave. And when he co-ops your economy, you're branded on the right hand. What was the other thing that God said to Adam when the eyes of his soul were opened? The other thing God said 
was, and by the sweat of your brow, by your toil, by the work of your right hand, you'll eat bread. It's the forehead and the right hand, fully brought forth and captured by the beast. This isn't about brandings and tattoos and vaccines with traceable anything. These things are red herrings. They're distractions. While you're looking for them, he's already gaining inroads that can't be reversed by capturing the minds, by controlling the economies. I'm Sam Solon. We'll continue to unpack the book of Revelation. Stay with me. We'll learn some things together. Grace and peace be with you. Bye-bye.